check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Okay, so welcome back to a special Friday edition of Run 'em with Harvey Banks. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or you've said Alexa, play Run 'em with Harvey Banks. First of all, thank you. Second of all, please leave a five-star rating, leave a review, let the tech companies know that this is the type of content that you like to consume on a Friday morning when you're trying to win a little bit of money this weekend. Um, On today's show, I ain't gonna hold you. I got a conversation with Andy Lang from wagertalk.com that's gonna be on the second half of this episode. So I'm gonna speed through the picks here just so we can get to that whole conversation because it went quite longer than I thought it was going to go because it was just that good. So uh, I want to give you guys time to to consume that as well. So I'm going to get straight into the picks here. I'm probably not going to go in depth on why I chose these or kind of recapping game three just because I really want you guys to be able to spend some time with this conversation I had. Uh, I got baseball and NBA finals for you today. Uh, the only baseball play really I got, I, I really intended for it to be a pretty safe play and a pretty, you know, reasonable same game parlay because I don't know. I just wanted to be reasonable with baseball today, but it ended up not being reasonable, but I don't know if I'm the one being unreasonable or Vegas is. So to me, that tells me, Hey, let's just run with it. Right. And I got a same game parlay for the Cubs and Yankees tonight at Yankee stadium. And it ended up being plus 1373, but like I didn't intend to put together the same game parlay with this high of odds honestly it's only got two legs and it's Aaron Judge to record two RBIs and Patrick Wisdom to get two total bases um Aaron Judge two RBIs if you look at Aaron Judge's season that he's had that's like an every other game occurrence for him it seems like it's really not but like you know what I meant you know what I'm saying so like Aaron Judge always feels like safe money with me it just does and I'm gonna ride it until he hits his midseason slump if he ever hits it. And Patrick Wisdom is one of my favorite players on the Cubs. He's made me great home run money this year, and he's got a live bat. And in Yankee Stadium, both of these things could end up happening on one swing. So at plus 1373, I think it's a no-brainer. You had to go that way. Uh, moving into game four, NBA Finals. I got Jason Tatum 30 points, Steph Curry 30 points. It's at plus 377. With this one, I feel like tonight's the night that both stars show up to play. Um, Neither have had an embarrassing finals, but neither have also had a signature night. And I think that happens tonight. Moving quickly, like I said, I would. Draymond Green, 10 points, Golden State to win. Um, Draymond, expect him to be really aggressive tonight. I don't look at Draymond and think of a person that runs from adversity. He usually runs through it. So tonight he's going to be aggressive. He's going to get to the 10 points. And then I think Golden State has to win tonight for the series to even have a chance. So I think they put enough together to get the win tonight. Um, I also took Draymond Green separately at just 10 points at plus 164. Again, for the reasons that I said before, he's going to be aggressive tonight. Um, Yeah, I was checking to see how fast I got through that. I got through that pretty quickly, and I'm glad. Just because this conversation with Andy Lang went way too long, but it's way too good for you not to be able to spend the whole time with it. The pics are on the screen uh, if you're watching on YouTube or wherever. I will have them posted on my Instagram at justakidfromkysoon. Also on Twitter at the same thing. I will see you on the other side of this little break. 
and I'll be joined by Andy from Wager Talk. Please stick around for this whole conversation. It's Running with Harvey Banks. I'll see you on the other side. All right, so welcome back to Run em with Harvey Banks. As I promised, I was going to have a more informed guest with me today, and I do. I have Andy Lang from wagertalk.com. Uh, Andy, now the best way to do this is going to be you kind of explain briefly who you are and what you want known, because I just find it, it's way easier that way, you know? Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so my name is Andy Lang. Uh, I am on wagertalk.com. Uh, we do gambling picks as well as tons of free content with videos, podcasts, anything. Uh, it's, a, it's a great website. All day, every day, Monday through Friday, you're going to find shows on just about every sport. I specialize in golf, NASCAR, and player props. So uh, NBA, we're not necessarily betting on sides or totals. We're looking at player props. Uh, NHL, we do tons of player props. Um, This is what I do for a living, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. It is 24 (laughs) hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, but I get up in the morning and, uh, I just, I live for it, man. This is, this is a really, really exciting time of year because we are coming out of NBA and NHL playoffs. So we get a couple months downtime before it kicks into the fall and man, the fall, you got NFL, NBA, NHL, all my best sports, which is, you know, golf and auto racing. So, uh, it's a, it's a nonstop job, but I love it. So when I got to connect for you. She had told me that like you were into MMA and golf as well. And yep. those are those just happen to be two things that I'm a loose fan of, right? Okay. And as in like not an informed fan. I got into UFC during COVID. There was that long stretch where it was like the only thing meaningful that was on. And so like I started watching and instantly got hooked. And it was the first time I had ever really watched UFC. And then I gambled. So obviously I'm gonna be putting money on it. I lost a lot of money just throwing money on stupid stuff at the time. I've gotten a little bit better at it, but I like to have conversations with people that actually know the sport. And um, so speaking of PGA, uh, when I first got in touch with you about being on the show, we were going to talk some golf anyways. But then like this news broke about this battle and this beef between the PGA and is it are they saying live or LIV? Um, you could call it either or live is the promotional group. Um yeah. It sounds a lot better than the Saudi Arabian Golf League. They're trying yes, to get away from the <laughs> from that title. But make no mistake, this is a Saudi Arabian funded golf league. Uh, they call it Live because that's the promotional company umbrella that it's under. That has nothing to do with like the Live nightclub in Miami, does it? No. Okay, just making sure. That's throwing it out there. So you bring up the Saudi Arabian name and that it's funded by that. So here's my first question to you. Is the problem that the PGA is having with the background of possibly where the funding is coming from? So what is the real because from what I understand is there's been this kind of negative connotation when it comes to this league anyways. And usually when leagues start to throw a whole bunch of money to get people to do stuff, there's a lot of underlying stuff that maybe is the reason that you have to throw a whole bunch of money at people. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 
one thing to one thing to realize: most people are just hearing about the Saudi Arabian league now. I will let you know. I first heard of this six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. This has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the PGA players, and when I say a lot of them, I mean the top ones. They've had some complaints about the PGA Tour, and the main thing is uh, the money. The PGA Tour doesn't give the players um, TV rights, uh, TV deals. Uh, they don't get any of the advertising dollar. Mm-hmm. The PGA has purses, so if you win, you make a lot of money. If you miss the cut, you don't make any money. Um, it sounds a little cruel. Do they have a collective bargaining or no? No. 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 Gotcha. They, uh, okay. they don't. And so that's something that the, the players have always complained about. Now, one thing that, that has happened when Tiger Woods came onto the scene, the purses doubled and yeah. tripled and then quadrupled. Tiger Woods has made these guys a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but so some of the complaints that the big name players have had over the years, uh, the, the Saudi Arabians stepped in and they said, we've got endless amounts of money. For example, one of the main families, this is going to blow your mind. One of the mm-hmm. main families that funds this league, they are worth $1.4 trillion dollar not million Jesus. not billion trillion that's one group of people okay yeah. so um the 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 man that is at the 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 center of this is a guy named Greg Norman who if you've known golf he's known for choking um but he's been a number one player in the world no he's he's had some of the biggest disastrous meltdowns uh, mm-hmm. lost majors um he's also one of the most disliked guys in the sport most okay. people don't like him and so he went to this Saudi Arabian group and the Saudi Arabian said, we want to fund a golf league. We're fine with losing money. We want to fund this for about 10 years because we want to build up our reputation in the world better. We think we can do this through golf and we think that it's going to help us get into business deals. So they said, we'll throw an ungodly amount of money and we don't care if we lose it. So the PGA Tour uh, now has a competition on their hands. Yeah. And the Saudi Arabian said, we're going to throw $200 million at Phil Mickelson, $175 million at Dustin Johnson, $100 million at Bryson DeChambeau. And by the way, you only have to play eight tournaments a year. Yeah. And and those that money, that is just to show up. They that don't is even have not, to win. Don't, you can finish dead last, <laughs> and those checks have already cashed, man. Wow. So, so here, here's, here's the biggest issue that, that, that is going, and, and I think it's going to splinter and fracture golf. As a golf fan, I'm really depressed about this. Yeah. Um, right now, the guys that jump to the Saudi Arabian League, take Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson. Those are four of the big names. What do mm-hmm. they all have in common? They've all won a major in the past, so they're exempt. They can play in the PGA Tour majors. So they can play in the Saudi Arabian League and then jump over and play in the majors. And, the, and that is what the PGA Tour is dealing with. They're trying to figure out a way to say, nope, if you if you don't play on the PGA Tour, you can't play in the majors. But meanwhile, these other players are going, no, no, no. I just cashed my check with Saudi Arabian, and I will see you next week at the U.S. Open. Um, so it's, does that it's benefit the PGA, though? Because, like, ultimately, if if they choose to, hey, we're going and we're staying with money. That hurts. That's like the death blow. Like, is this like one of the biggest bluffs of all time? Because if this, if they leave, this is bad. Like, yeah, they're not coming back. The PGA Tour drew a line in the sand. And the second that they teed off yesterday, like literally the second they all hit the ball, the PGA suspended all of them and said, Jeez. you're no longer. Um, now, so 
what there it's a gigantic pissing match. Yes. Um the PGA here, here's what the PGA has going for it. They hold the majors and right now they hold the best players in the world. All those guys that jumped over, the other thing they all have in common is they're not winning on the PGA tour. Dustin yeah. Johnson is on, is on the back nine, pardon the pun, of his mm-hmm. career. He hasn't won since the major, since the Masters. Phil, you know, he's only got a few year, few years left. Patrick Reed has won the, won the Masters in 2018, hasn't done anything since. Bryson DeChambeau has ruined his body uh, with putting on all that muscle. He won the major, but his wrist and his back has been effed ever since. So they're pulling some okay names, but they're not pulling the guys that are winning tournaments. Yeah. So the PGA yeah. Tour still has the best golfers. They still have um, they still have the majors, uh, which you play on the PGA Tour, you can qualify to be you know, in the majors, they have all the sponsors and they also have uh, the partnerships that they built up over the years. What does Saudi Arabia have an unlimited cash. amount of cash? Yeah, and cash. At, you know, you know, as, you know, as well as I do, that's yeah. the big, if you have an unlimited yeah. amount of cash, cash will um, overcome a whole bunch of questions. Yeah. I can't yeah. think of in the sports world when morals and principles have overcome cash. Yeah. <laughs> so. so it's interesting you went with the morals because I the re, the thing that I instantly thought about when I first read the story was I don't know how familiar you are with like the WNBA and yep. how their stars go abroad to make way more money than they do in the league here. And so I've always had this conspiracy theory that like, why is nobody asking the questions on like why a team in Russia or in China can pay a star $4 million for a small shortened season when everyone knows that they're not making that money back? Like <laughs> women's basketball abroad is not that much bigger than women's basketball here. And I think we're going to eventually one day, not anytime soon, but I think one day it's going to come out and it's going to be, we're going to realize that, oh man, maybe we were funding some money laundering situations over there. Because if you look at like Brittany Griner, the amount of money she makes in Russia makes it to the point that she can't not go to Russia. Yep. Right. There's no way that Russian team is making that much money in return for this. Like this is just a bad business deal. And so I have to ask myself, well, why is that? And so eventually I was, I've always wondered like when the WNBA is going to be like, okay, we either have to incentivize these, these ladies to not go over there or we have to ban them from going over there. Right. Because the second that the first scandal might break, that's a negative. It's, it's going to spread through the WNBA, a league, which can't afford to have any kind of scandals. And I was thinking the same thing with the PGA. If the concern is, where the Saudi money is actually coming from or stemming from, I kind of understand what they're trying to get ahead of because business wise. So maybe you can answer this question. So when the PGA determines a purse, what is that based off of? It's based off of sponsors money. It's based on the, the caliber of tournaments. Like next week is the U S open, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a major. So that purse is going to be double what yeah yeah what the purse, purses is of other of others um are it, it, comparing the WNBA uh, WNBA and the PJ tour one of the 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 biggest differences is uh you know Brittany Griner for example yeah she she's pro- I think she probably makes the most money um overseas obviously she's yeah. in a little bit of a a, a pretty serious situation yeah. right now but um they all come back to play in the WNBA that's the difference. These PGA golfers. That's a good point. Yeah. They, they, they once they took the money from Saudi Arabia, they're not coming back to they're play the PGA tour. Back. 
You're I can right. play eight tournaments to make 175 million, or you're going to make me play 25, where I have to win to to make a bunch of money. So that's that's what the PGA Tour knew about these guys. Like once they went over there, they were just going to be like, well, you know, I'll come over and play the majors, and that's it. And the PGA Tour is saying, no, 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 our product, like you're part of our product. We want yeah. you. And so the PGA Tour is having to figure out a way to try and make these guys want to come back on the PGA Tour. They don't. They would just rather take the take the oil money, yeah. and then um, so if they don't want to come back over, how do you incentivize them and almost you know force them to come back and play on your tour? It's it's a tough situation. Um, uh, I don't really know what the outcome is going to be, but um, this is kind of a throwback. I live in Indianapolis. Uh, yeah. I live a, I live a few miles away from the Indy Five Hundred. I don't think people realize how big open wheel racing and the Indianapolis 500 was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. It was yeah. massive, um, and they had a they had a fracture in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Roger Penske said, "I want to create a new league. I own half of the tracks that we race on, so you can either race on my tracks or not at all." Yeah. And it fractured the sport, and I they it, it killed them. They yeah. they have kind of recovered, but. I see the exact same thing happening in golf. I I don't see any situation where one overcomes the other because both of them are going to be around. But unfortunately, what it's going to be is two watered down projects. Listen, man, I I, I watched it. I watched the Saudi Arabian League yesterday, and I'm watching yeah. it today. It's bad golf. <laughs> they they have some big name guys, uh-huh. and the rest of them. Listen, man, I've watched golf forever. I don't know 75 percent of the people playing. It's bad. And they're probably they're making guy- and those guys are making more money than the guys that you know here on the PGA tour. The guys that you have no idea who they are. 100% Dead Last Jeez. makes 120k. Dead Last makes 120k on the Saudi Arabia. If you miss the cut this week at the tournament, you make zero. So I get it, but from a from a consumer's standpoint, yeah. I do this for a living. Golf is my best sport that I wager on. I watched it and I struggled. It, it did not keep my attention. It's bad golfers hitting it out of bounds. The top name guys have no motivation to win. They didn't care. They were laughing if they hit it in the rough. It was just, it was bad. The product is terrible. Every day is a good day when you've been paid already. <laughs> that that's what I mean. <laughs> if you've cashed that check, why yeah. would you care if you finish first or yeah. last? You wouldn't. So speaking of Pinsky, real quick, isn't he back in control? Didn't yeah, he purchase? Um, Speedway here. Yeah. I'm I'm here in he, Indy too, by the way. I don't know if she told you. Oh, that. okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He. I live in bought, Carmel, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he bought he bought the north uh, part of 96th Street. That's been a lifelong goal yeah. of his. Um. So yeah. Uh. It's an odd purchase for a guy as old as he is. Yes, but, it is. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I don't know much about it, but I've got a like one of my buddies is really big into and, and he he kind of was like it's a head scratcher for sure, but hey. Yeah. It's been a goal of his. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's yeah. Odd. And, you know, talking about IndyCar, he was really the main guy, him and Chip Ganassi. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, some of the drivers um, are, are the ones that made out. But when you look at fan, you know, uh, ratings, attendance, um, yeah. sponsors, that fracture really, really, really killed the sport. So yeah. I see yeah. the same thing happening in golf. I wish people – there are times where, like, I wish people that aren't, aren't from here – would be in Indy during the Indy 500 just Ugh. to see and feel that app. It's so it can't be translated on TV. And I try to tell people that all the time. Like, even if you're not a big racing fan, it's just different. Like it feels different and you can, 
I didn't know much about the history of it, but I know yeah. that like there's this there's this energy in this culture that does carry it, even if it's more localized now than than kind of a nationwide thing. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna transition though. Uh, yep. You're also a UFC guy, and as I was saying before, like UFC is so exciting to me, but like I'm getting better at recognizing fighters I like styles and being able to look at like this is going to be a tough matchup for this person but again talk to us as if we are new to UFC okay and what are some things that we should be looking at like obviously we want to see the fights and we know that there could be knockouts there could be this what are things that like we should be looking at when it comes to UFC and also what was it about UFC that pulled you in because, like, that's the biggest difference between that and golf. Like, think about that. What okay. is the quality of UFC that kind of brought you into it as well? Okay. Uh, I'll explain it. This is going in a direction that you never thought <laughs> that would, okay. would go in. So, uh, my friend Nathan and I, we've watched UFC for, I mean, over 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, and we used to go out all the time and watch it. And then we started betting on it but we would just we were like we just want to make enough money to pay for our night out at hooters fair so it yeah. was like okay let's just and then we realized we're like hey we're, we're really good at this like we watch every damn fight like let's start betting on it so over the years it just became more and more um kind of like hey we're actually making money at this um uh wagering became more of a profession than a hobby to me and then yes. um of course, it really picked up steam when I got on the Wager Talk. I, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story how I got on the mm -hmm. Wager Talk. So, I mean, Wager Talk is one of the best and biggest in the industry. It's it's hard to get on there. So uh, when COVID hit and all the sports got got canceled, um, golf, NASCAR, and UFC yes. were, were like the first ones. So the owner was like, does anybody know anybody that knows how to handicap golf and NASCAR? And my buddy knows the owner and was like, I know a guy. <laughs> and That's funny. So because I happen to know how to handicap golf and NASCAR, uh, I get into wager talk and uh, we, we, uh, we get into UFC. We bring UFC uh, over as well, our knowledge there. And so every UFC event, I, I do want to let everyone know that's listening. Uh, myself and Nathan, we do a, a show. It's free on YouTube. It's called Takedown Live. We watch all the fights, and we live bet. We give predictions. So if you're really interested in learning really in-depth about UFC with what we do, you can just watch our YouTube channel. It's free. So, I'll link to um, it in the in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll be on uh, Saturday as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so Nathan and I uh, came up with a goal of ours, and we call it the Road to Millions. Okay. All right? So we, we started doing some math, and we realized uh, we started with a bankroll of $4,000 this okay. year. And we realized if we just make 3%, that's all I need to make, 3%, and we leave that money in there, and we make 3% a week. So every event, we win one or two bets. If we just let it sit there and bet 3% every week, within six years, that will be $26 million. Wow. Um, Think about that. Yeah. You know Just, what's, what's good about that, too, is no one thinks about the the 3% and how it compounds. Compound That's, interest, baby. Yeah. Interesting. Because so, it sounds crazy so, when you say it out loud without knowing how this works. I like yeah, that. 
So, so we're doing that with a combination of our uh, of our of my plays on Wager Talk, but mostly it's focused around UFC and then golf Mm -hmm. as well. So, um, yes. So, so UFC UFC is in a really good place right now. Um, They were one of the big winners of COVID in the sports world. Yes. Uh, They have strong leadership in Dana White. Love him or hate him. Yes. He muscled through and just came out. Uh, you know, looking looking great. Yeah. They have a great partnership with ESPN and ESPN Plus. Um, their their pay per view buys are through the roof. It's a really great sport. They have a ton of up and coming fighters. They even have one over in Asia right now. They're they're literally having a tournament for guys to make it into the UFC. So you yeah. add that you had you have the Ultimate Fighter. You have the Contender Series. So they're in a great spot. Um, the the event that we have this week, we've got, I call it two main events. You got Glover Teixeira versus uh, Yuri uh, Prochaska, and then you got Valentina Shevchenko versus Tyler Santos. So you got two big time titles yes. on the line, um, and then you've also got uh, the Joanna versus Wiley Zhang fight, which is it, this is this is a rematch. Their yes. first fight was one of the UFC's best fights of all time. Not not one of the best one. women's fight. Yeah, one of yeah, the best yeah. fights of of all time. So, um, you want me to go over the main events here? Let's do real it. quick. Let's do it. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll I'll get, I'll start giving out some picks here. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start with Glover Teixeira and Yuri. This is Yuri's third fight in UFC. And he's fighting for the title. That's how good he is. Wow. Um, he's young. He's fast. He's powerful. He's fighting Glover, who's in his forties. Um, gets the title. So. Yuri's a favorite for a reason. He's got the big time power. Uh, his foot speed is going to be light years ahead of Glover Teixeira. Those are going to be his big, his big weapons that he has. Mm-hmm. Glover's he's got two big areas uh, over Yuri. The first is experience. Glover's been in wars. He's been in a million huge main events. Yeah. This is Yuri's biggest fight, and it's not even close. Glover, this is just another day at the office. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so, There's a level um, of comfort with that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Glover has nothing to lose. Like, yeah. absolutely. He has no pressure. Um, he also, if, this, if he can get it on the mat, he's going to be so sneaky with his grappling and his submission game. If he can get Yuri on the ground, Yuri could be in trouble. The problem is he just doesn't have the speed. Um, that he that he used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned over the years not to bet against Glover Teixeira. Every time you do, he somehow wins. Uh, yeah. He's coming. His last fight against Jan Blakovich was very strange. Jan Blakovich, I thought was going to run over him, but Jan didn't show up. Glover gets the win. Yuri is probably going to win. Um, mm-hmm. it, he has many more paths to victory. He can win it by decision because of his speed. He can stay outside the pocket and use his jab and use his length and speed. Glover probably is not going to win by decision. If this goes to decision, Yuri's probably got it. Yuri yeah. also has knockout power. I don't see Glover knocking out Yuri unless it's on the ground. Um, tough fight to bet. I would bet. Um, I would bet this under. I bet this fight does not go the distance because Glover's going to need to get a submission or Yuri's going to knock him out. So I think this fight does not see uh, see the full distance. Hmm. Uh, the next one: Valentina Shevchenko, Tyler Santos. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko is going for probably the best. She's she pound for pound after since Amanda Nunez lost. Shevchenko is probably the best women's fighter we have, yeah. um, maybe ever. And Tyler Santos, huge step up in competition. Uh, the the problem is Valentina has literally beaten everybody. They're out of opponents. 
Like, they, they don't have anybody for her to fight because uh, she's beating everybody. So they're giving Tyler Santos a shot. I'm a big Tyler Santos fan. I think this is way big. Shevchenko's minus 630. Tyler Santos's biggest advantage is she's she's just a, a rough woman. You know, yeah. like just she'll get in the clinch, she'll wrestle and ragdoll mm-hmm. you, and you know she'll she'll make it a dirty match. Shevchenko is just a crisp, clean. Her strikes are so efficient; uh, they're perfect. Um, I think Shevchenko uh, wins this by decision pretty easily. Santos's only path to victory: push it up against the cage and somehow overpower using her using her strength. I don't see that happening. Uh, I would take this one. The fight will go to the to the distance. Santos is so tough. I don't think Shevchenko gets a finish, but Valentina is going to outstrike and put on an absolute clinic. Um, yeah. Santos is not ready for what Shevchenko is going to bring to this one. So, um, so yeah, those are the two main events. And I, I got to mention get a fighter one other... in that position. So what happens next? Like if she dominates as expected, what happens next for, for her? Cause like, like you said, if we're, if we're running out of competition, isn't that an interesting position to be in that doesn't happen in any other sport other than, I guess, boxing, maybe. But boxing even nowadays is – that yeah. doesn't happen often. Yeah. So what's going to have to happen, they got a couple of different ways that they can go about it. The first is they can just start doing rematches <laughs> where it's like, hey, you beat the hell out of this woman like two years ago. Go ahead yeah. and do it again. Let's try this uh, again. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they do have they do have one woman that's coming up that's got a real shot. Uh, Manon Fiorat. Uh, we just love her. She's a cash cow, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've been on Fiorat since she entered the UFC, and she has not lost. She's fighting Caitlin Chikagan. Caitlin Chikagan's the number one contender right now. Fiorat, I expect to get the win. Um, I think Fiorat Shevchenko is probably going to be the next big fight. Yeah. Um, so you probably can get one more out of that. And then what UFC does is you just talk to the fighters and say, can you do a different weight division? Mm. Can you move up? Can you move down? I don't think Valentina wants to do that. And look, I, the other thing, Valentina has been around for a while. I don't think she's kind of one of these fighters that wants to be around all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, she, it, she, she could very easily. Yeah. She's 34. I mean, you're 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 probably looking at getting two, three, maybe four big fights out of her before she might want to hang it up. But Fiorot's going to be her next big test, and after that, um, it's just going to be some rematches. That, that that's probably the best the best plan I would imagine for them. Yeah, it's always interesting how when you get to that point of that level of dominance, kind of from a from even just from a UFC standpoint, like just marketing this. Pr- this person and their fights next. Cause like if everyone knows that this is kind of, we're going through the motions here to get this fight in, but she's probably going to destroy this person. That's got to be a hard thing to market for Dana White. Yeah. I'm, you know? I'm, so I'm looking this up. One, two, three, four, five. Six. She's won eight fights in a row. She's defended this title seven times in a row. That's, yeah. that's unheard of. Yeah. That is yeah. insane in that's a crazy. fighting. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, she's 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 fighting to be the goat. So, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, do you have any more UFC, or you want to move on to some fun stuff? Um, let me give you one more. That's Let's a go. really good bet uh, yep. for for this week. Uh, Jack Della Madalena. This is one of our favorite bets. Um, is minus one fifty five. Uh, but 
the other, the other thing in UFC, be prepared to lay juice. Um, it's one of the yeah. few sports that you know you you don't want to be laying minus one fifty five in NFL or you know NBA, but uh, in UFC, um, Formula One and NASCAR, which I bet a ton of, um, you do. So Jack Dela, Madalena, uh, UFC has high hopes for him. Um, and what you see with some of these young fighters, if the UFC know th- knows that they have a potential star on their hands. Mm-hmm. They will give him, we call them cans, <laughs> we'll, they'll give him some canned fighters that they can beat up on um, yeah. to really pad their record and bring him into the sport slow. He's fighting a guy, uh, Ramazan Emev. I, I, Emev is not a can, but he's also not good. Yeah. Um, he's kind of, he's one of those clunky grapplers, like he, you know, he looks really, really strong, but his striking is not good. Madalena, if he if he keeps on track, he's going to be one of the best strikers in the UFC, pound for pound. His striking is ridiculous. Um, it's so efficient. It's so pinpoint. It's so accurate. And uh, I think he's going to just tee off on Emev. Emev's only hope to win is to try and grapple, clinch, and get this fight on the ground. The problem is he has cardio issues, so he can't do it the whole... <laughs> he, yeah. he can't do it, like, the whole fight. Yeah. So uh, I think you're getting a really, really fair pr- uh, price at minus 155 on Madalena. I expect a knockout, especially if it stays on the feet in the first round. So look for Madalena uh, over Emev. So, uh, like yeah, let's get to some fun stuff. All right, I got some fun stuff. I got this game I play called Over Under. Uh, you're not okay. going to find these on any sports book, so you got to just kind of <laughs> roll with me here, right? So I've set this over under at four, and it's the amount of times that Al Horford is going to fist pump to the crowd tonight and then gaze at the crowd kind of the same way that you gazed at the first woman that you got that was clearly out of your league. Does, a, okay. does that annoy you as much as it does me? I don't know why. They always do the slow-mo camera when going to commercial, but he does this every game. Okay, I'm glad you brought up the slow mo because I was gonna I was gonna say is it slow mo or fast mo? Oh, it's the, slow mo. It's slow mo. He does that slow mo. Um, so Al, I'm gonna take the under. Uh, yeah. Al Horford has not been shooting the ball as well. Yeah. Uh, and they've also really found something with Jalen Brown. Uh, Curry banged up. Uh, got his foot banged up. Yes. And now he only has one day rest. So they are going to headhunt Steph Curry the entire game, which means I don't think Al Horford is going to have that many minutes. I would expect two to three. But unless he's making three pointers, he doesn't quite get that fist pump. I'm going to go a slight lean to the under. Under. Okay. Uh, Over under is at two years that the Warriors keep Draymond for the vibes and the vibes alone. Oh, wow. Two years. Um, So... I'm going to take the over on this one. Steve Kerr and the Warriors are very, very loyal uh, to this yeah. group in particular. Um, they've stuck with Clay Thompson when he came back from injury, and he's just not the same player. He, he's a step slow on defense. His shooting is erratic, but they keep with him. Um, I think this is a situation where you see the success Draymond's having with his podcast. I yeah. think Draymond stays with the team in um, kind of like Udonis Haslam role. Oh, okay. Uh, See, okay. I, I don't know that Draymond would want to have that role on the court because I don't. Oh no i I don't I think uh-huh. I don't think I don't think he uh, I don't think he would do it forever like Haslam. But yeah. I think he's Haslam's okay going to do it until they I just think, tell him he's got to go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so when we talk about you know two years. So he signed through 2023, then he signed through 2024, and he becomes an unrestricted free agent. 
I could see him signing a one-year, possibly a two-year deal to help mentor. You got to remember that's when Kaminga should be in his prime. Yeah. Uh, that's when Poole will have a couple more years under his belt. Hope I don't know what's going to happen with Wiseman. I think they get a little bit more out of Draymond as he's building up his commentating and podcasting career, slightly into the over. I don't know. I don't know where I stand on that one. That's why I wanted to ask you. I'm kind of leaning to the under just because I also know the Warriors to be not afraid to make a big change if they need to. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The the decline in – so the Draymond being Draymond thing, I actually just – I have no problems with it. I also don't have a problem with him doing a podcast after games because he did that leading up to the finals and no one really had an issue with it. Um Michael Jordan would play 36 holes of golf and drink a 12-pack of beer before finals games. Yeah, that, that flu game. <laughs> and, and we that, love him for it. Exactly. We, we love him for it. Like, exactly. we, we idolize him. But Draymond can't talk into a microphone in a, in a hotel room without Yeah, and my, issues, my issue has nothing to do with the podcast or what he says or nothing. It's, it's the numbers are just atrocious. And Terrible. I know that – I just know that, like, I, A, I think that this, this – the Warriors never expected to be here in the finals this year. I don't care what they say. I don't think they expected it to be this here now. So I see them as possibly saying, maybe our window is open a little bit longer than we thought it was, right? Yeah. And right now, that can't happen with Draymond no. putting up the numbers that he's putting up. But I'll leave it at that because we'll see because he could go out tonight and have 12, 12, and 12 and this all be moved, right <laughs> <laughs> um over and under i feel bad for this one <laughs> over under is 0.5 how many years until tony Larusa is on a boat in tampa telling people the same stories over and over <laughs> <clears throat> uh boy on a boat boy that is so specific uh i'm <laughs> i'm gonna go over <clears throat> because you have you have to have several things happen first you have to have him fired which is eminent yeah, <clears throat> you have to have him on a boat. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has to be in Tampa. Yeah, so you, got, you got a lot of you got a lot of very very. So yeah. if he's on a boat in Miami, uh, that doesn't count. That's a good point. <laughs> so, That's so, fair. That's fair. All right. So I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take a plus money at over yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one of those does, and you know maybe a bar. It, it could be a bar in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony LaRusse is out of here, right? This is it. Yeah, he's out of here. Did you did you see him? Yes. I know, I know, I know. We, when he walked the guy at one and two, did you hear him justified after the game? He's like, he's like, we decided to walk him because Trey Turner's good with two strikes. Like, yes. no, Tony. <laughs> and then, like, and then the funniest part is how he he's like, is there anybody in here? And everybody's just like, yo, dude, somebody grab his arm and walk him out of here right now. Grab his arm, the mic, anything. <laughs> that was so funny, and I was just like, oh, he's got to go. It's uh, Hall of Fame career. It's over, bro. It's over. <laughs> it gets <Yeah>. over. <laughs> um, okay, I got one more here. Yep. And it's over under at 12. How many more years we're going to have to see and hear Brian Scalabrini if the Celtics win this championship? Oh, man. Uh, it's easily over. Um, I mean, you, you listen to Boston Celtics fans, and I, 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 will, I will defend Boston Celtics fans um, – in a, in a couple different ways. One, um, they are historians. They yes, they know are. the hi- they know the history yes, of their team better than just about any other uh, a fan base. I would I would say the St. Louis Cardinals fan base is 
uh, spectacular. Uh, yeah. They're great baseball fans, but they know the history. Boston knows the history. If they win a championship, they will talk about it in 20 years like it just happened. Yeah. They yeah. still talk about Larry Byrne like like it was a few years ago. Like you yeah. could draft him in a fantasy league next year. So it's yeah. it's an easy over. Um, I have a, a really good friend of mine uh, that's from Boston and – yeah, they will. They will. Ju- they will justify some of their betting picks, like based on like things that happened 20, 30 years ago. It's like Boston you know- <laughs> sports fans are the only ones that I've come across. And so, for the record, it needs to be said that I'm a Knicks fan, right? But okay. Like, I will fade the Knicks comfortably all the time, right? Boston <laughs> sports fans are willing to lose money. Before they lose their Boston sports card. Like, to show their fandom. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I'm such a fan. I'm going to lose money on them yes. tonight. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And for the record, I do like Brian Scalabrini. I'm, I don't know why I picked on him, but I do like no, him. No, he's, he's good. But, you know, you use Scalabrini, but it could be anybody. I mean, yeah. Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons talks about John. <laughs> I listened to a podcast. He mentioned John Havlicek. Who is listening to these podcasts? Podcast. Yes. Who knows That's about kind of the John Havlicek? I don't know if you ever catch first take anymore. I usually don't, just because it's. I like everybody it's jump that the gen- shark. Yeah, but I I do like the personalities that go on there individually. I just never want to see them all together. Yeah, they had right. Mad Dog Russo on there the other day. Oh, <laughs> Mad Dog! Oh they no, they spent. 10 minutes trying to get him to stop talking about the 1967 Detroit Lions. <laughs> Literally, Molly and Stephen A is like, what are you saying right now? And he's like, no, go back and look it up. And they're like, no. I'm not. I'm not looking it up. Yeah, it This isn't insane. a book report that we had to do. It was pretty insane. Um, Jesus, we went way longer than I, than I told you I'd keep you. I know you got other shows oh, good, coming man. up. Oh, good. So just <laughs> tell everybody where they can reach you at, um, any, anything they need to know, or you want them where they want you to find or to find you at, excuse me. Yeah. On Twitter at bump sports, pretty easy to find me at. Mm-hmm. And then if you just, if you go on YouTube and look up wager talk, you'll just, the, the YouTube channel's full of everything. Yeah. Um, super knowledgeable, betters, the best in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do my part, um, do player props, Auto racing, golf, UFC, uh, just about everything. So I'm pretty easy to find if you got any questions about uh, how we can help you with some of your gambling and sports investing. Just uh, just hit me up on on Twitter. So, all right, um, I'm gonna have you on again sometime because I got a couple other things we could talk about. So we didn't even get into baseball, and I love baseball. And <laughs> anytime, I, man. Yeah, this is I'll, fun. I'll have you on again. I do appreciate it. Again, that was Andy Lang from WagerTalk.com. I will see the rest of you guys on the other side of this break.